0: Let's get to work real quick today. I'm gonna to pray and then we're gonna to get to work. Father, thanks for this morning. Thank you for every person you've gathered here and online. What a joy and what an honor it is to surround ourselves around the reading of scriptures and then the, the exegesis of scriptures. Now, God, will you please prepare every heart, every heart for your word? What a word. Will you remind us that you are God and nobody else is. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, good to see you today. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, he is God God. and you ain't God. God. Praise God. Praise God. Wherever you're joining us from, thank you for being here today. I'm looking forward to just talking a little bit about the book of Revelation. So if you're joining us from Prosper, the Lou uh garland dallas part of our global family thanks so much for being here we're in a sermon series everybody and we're looking at the book of revelation very challenging book to go through in a practical way um but i'm just honored that you have decided that that you care deeply about the scriptures and not just about um application to you oftentimes you go to church and it's all about you sometimes it shouldn't have nothing to do with you it should have to do with god and what God is about, all right? And so, here's what we've said so far. We started the book, Revelation chapter one, two, and three, and we've said the book is about um, the concept and the idea of you and I being faithful in trials. Everybody, faithful in trials. There are two choices. you, uh, When you're experiencing trials, when stuff is not working out, when you don't like what's going on, you're either gonna to choose to be faithful or you're gonna to choose to compromise. Compromise means that what you're going to do is you're going to blend into the culture and the same priorities of the culture is gonna be your priorities. Well, the kingdom of God is different. God wants you and I to bring all of life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. When we do so, we're choosing faithfulness. The next time you're in a trial, the next time you face trouble, you should ask and answer, God, will you help me to be faithful and to not compromise? Do not act like the rest of the world when you're going through trials. He wants you to be faithful. What does that mean? bringing all of life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and staying the course and not giving up. Then in chapter four and five, after we looked at the church gathered in Asia Minor, then we looked at um, 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 chapter four and five. And in chapter four and five, the thesis was that um, there are two thrones, your throne and God's throne. And there are two kingdoms, your kingdom and God's kingdom. The rest of the world is busy building their own kingdom Either because they don't know about God's kingdom or because they know and they don't care and they still care about their own kingdom and not God's. If that is you, then God says, there's a little chair and there's a big chair. He says, if you can build, if you want to build your life on the little chair, that's the little throne, then go right ahead. But you will not have peace and stability say those two words with me peace and stability if you want peace and stability then you have to build your life worshiping his throne which is what everybody is doing in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 everybody is worshiping Jesus every knee will one day confess that Jesus Christ is Lord the problem is that if you're here today and you don't know Jesus then you're building your own throne and that's because this is the only throne you know and this is the only one you can see Jesus invites you today to trust him as personal Lord and Savior and to worship his throne. In, in light of that, he continues, he says, um, um, Peace and stability is yours if you worship in God. However, there are two other options that many Christians choose option number one is to live a life that's driven by fear that is everything you're worried about everything you're concerned about like during COVID when when so many believers thought that God made a mistake he didn't know what was happening and so you live the life as if you did not have a God whose name is Yahweh and because you did you lived your entire life in fear and when you live in fear what ultimately happens is you pretend as if there is no God and as if he's not on his throne ladies and gentlemen the other option after living a life of fear is now living a life based on popping placebos that is you're going to something to comfort you when you and you don't really realize that the only person that can comfort you like you need is Jesus and therefore, whenever you have addictive behaviors, whenever you have habits that, um, that, that you keep going to instead of going to God, it might bring you joy for a moment, but it will not bring you joy everlasting. It might bring you joy for a moment, but it will not. And God is saying, why are you choosing the cheap substitute? It will not last. He says, it's like drinking from cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. He's suggesting that either you live with peace and stability if you trust and believe Yahweh, or you're going to choose one or the other. Living a life of fear or living a life based on placebos. Then we went last week and we started talking about the seven seals and we walked through them all and then finally we got to uh, today where we're gonna deal with these trumpets. Now, follow me with me now, go to your notes. If you don't have a sermon notes, uh, either go online to pick them up or you can raise your hand and one of our ushers will give you. You do need it, though. Here we go. So if you look at it, you will see in the in the chart that's there, you'll see uh, the circle portion called the seven-year tribulation. You'll see it right here it says the seven-year tribulation. The problem with this is how do you know... That it's seven years. How do you know that it's tribulation? Where do you get that from? Where do theologians get the idea of this seven-year tribulation? As as that day. The father-son retreat, um, it dawned on me that I have not established where we got this idea of a 70-year tribulation from. So then let's talk about it real quick. Jesus talks about birthing pains that the the world's going to have to go through. Then he said Daniel talked about it. So then we have to go back to Daniel to see what Daniel has to say. So pick it up. Stay seated. Pick it up in verse 24. Yeah, right here. Here's what it says. Say this word with me, everybody. Seventy. That's not everybody. Everybody together. Seven weeks. Good. Seventy to weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression. In other words, Daniel um, is praying and he's saying, God, mean, how, how long is this going to take, man? How long is this going to take? And he said, I'm I'm praying for my people, I'm praying for the holy city, but God, how long is it going to take? To make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophesy, and to anoint the most holy place. Last verse, here we go. It says, so you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a, come on, from the issuing of a, This is important to you. This is important to what's going on in world history today. This is why you need to know the scriptures. Because if you know the scriptures, you'll pray differently. Listen to what the text says. There's coming a day when there will be a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince. Listen. So that means something has happened in his season and he's saying from the moment the, te- the, the there's restoration and rebuilding of Jerusalem until the messiah shows up there will be say it with me 7 weeks and 62 weeks it will be built again with a plaza and moat even in times of let me show you what he's talking about so now lay out for me the first the first, This is not in your notes, so you got to take notes for this one. I'm just establishing why theologians use the phrase the seven-year tribulation. Three-and-a-half, three-and-a-half. Why do they do that? Here's where they get it from. The abomination of desolation. Seven years. Here's what Jesus says. Early birth pains. Then he goes to great distress of the tribulation. And he says, look to Daniel. So what does Daniel do? Next slide. So then Daniel comes and he's praying and he says, I confess the sins of the people. Then he says, watch this. Then he says, what is the fate of Jerusalem? Then he says, what is the fate of the Temple Mount? Do you know what everybody's fighting over right now? The Temple Mount. Everybody, that's, that, the entire thing is about this deal called the Temple Mount. Then he says, what is the fate of the Jewish people? Then he uses phrases like seventy sevens, 62 sevens, seven sevens. The, the, the Hebrew word simply means a group of seven years. Next slide, come on. Then he goes and he says, Seventy sevens are decreed for your people. Who are the people? Jews. And your holy city. What's the holy city? You got it. So then he says, here's what he wants to happen. Watch this. I want you to finish transgression. I want you to put an end to good. I want you to atone for something, for wickedness. I want you to bring in everlasting righteousness, where it is now everlasting righteousness, which means what he created in the garden will perpetually be that way. Then he says, seal up visions and prophecy and then anoint the most holy. That's what will happen in these 70 years. Next slide. Here's what he said in the text. So in Daniel's time, there was was going to be the rebuilding of Jerusalem all the way to the anointed one, which is Jesus. And so now there is some years that has gone between verse 25 and verse 26. Seven sevens, 62 sevens, that's 69 sevens, that's 483 years. This is how theologians get there. Next slide. So now you see, but there's one more set of sevens coming. And it will have an event that starts it, and it will have an event that concludes it. So now we should ask the question how do we know what gives us an indication, of perhaps, that something is happening for this last seven to happen? The tribulation comes from this last seven year span. Next slide. So here's what happens. So then there's going to come a ruler. And this ruler, just go read Daniel, please. You'll see it. This ruler is is going to say, I can bring peace. And he or she or whatever it's going to be, it's going to say, I can bring peace. And I'm going to make a covenant because there's going to be wars and craziness. And then he's going to say, I'm going to make a covenant with you to create peace. And the Jewish people are going to buy it. And it's going to be the thing that they purchase, which is going to bring in all kinds of mess. Watch this. Next slide. Here we go. So then, this is what happens. 70 sets of seven-year time period. So we've seen and experienced all six to nine already. But there's one more last set of seven to come, which is where all what you're reading now in the book of Revelation is going to happen, which is the seals, then the trumpets, then the bowls. Come take a look with me. Let's show them every, all the bowls, seals and everything, the set of three together. So here's what's going to happen. You've already heard seal one, two, three, four, five, six. You're about to hear a a trumpet. One, two, three, four, five, six. Then when you open the seventh, um, then it's gonna open the bowls. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This takes us from Revelation chapter six all the way through Revelation chapter 18, which is what we're unfolding now. The problem is it's going to get more intense as we go, which is why it becomes like ridiculously crazy but what's God's goal here God's goal is simple I'm God you are not get to your knees surrender so you realize who I am I have to deal with sin somebody might say pastor how can a good God cause all this wrath because if he is God then he has to be consistent in his character and if he's holy and if he is just then he has to deal with the issue called sin He dealt with it on the cross, and for those who know him, you've you've received him as personal Lord and Savior, but the world don't get it. So he what does he do? He increased the pain just like a good parent would. If you see your kid acting buckwa crazy, you say, Please stop it. After you say, please stop it, and they don't, then you say we'll withdraw some things from you. This is all American. You're going to withdraw some things from you. After you do withdraw, you're gonna put them in timeout. After timeout, you're gonna say, Well, I'm not gonna let you watch TV. This, this is all American. I'm getting to Africa and the rest of the world in a minute. And then after all of those, don't Work, then I say, I'm gonna tell you one more time after that last time. Then 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 all bets are off. All bets are off. Then I'm grateful. Um, because after that, then you're gonna feel it. You're just gonna feel it. That's what's gonna happen. I will not describe what often happens, but just know somebody is gonna feel it, and the behavior will be curbed in the name of Jesus. I see some of y'all African in here because you're not, you going to curb that behavior. Can I get a witness for curbing the behavior? Some of you be like, no, no, I've never spanked my child in my life. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm." That's another sermon for another time. Ain't nobody got time for you today. So let's go. Here we go. Turn your sermon notes over. Oh, no, some of you wanted to fill out. Let's fill out the first part. So why is he doing this? Three reasons. Number one, first reason is to wake up unbelievers. If you don't know Jesus, you need to come. Number two, to wake up the nation of Israel. They rejected him first. The second time, every knee will bow. The third one is to wake you and I up. Because we don't realize the times we're living in. That we ought to be way more urgent than we are. That we ought to realize that you're not here to get bling bling. You're here to be a witness to Jesus Christ, to a world that's dying and is in desperate need of him. That's why you're here. If you think you're here for any, the only reason he didn't take you up to heaven is because you want to be a witness. He wants you to be a witness of his goodness in your life. He didn't leave you here to collect more stuff. You ever see, you ever notice what kids do? Here's what kids do. Kids say, well, here's what we're going to do. And you have kids, and they're fighting over toys. And they're fighting, give me my toy, give me my toy. And kids fighting over toys. All them four-year-old fighting over, give me my toy, give me my toy. Guess what happens at 4 o'clock? Mama comes home, comes to the nursery, and say, all of y'all, leave them toys, and let's go. Can I tell you what Jesus is going to do? All the toys you're building, all the things you're fighting over, there is coming a day when Jesus is going to come and say, you can't take none of them toys. Excuse me. I want you to come with me because I'm calling your name today. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, he simply reminds us. And the heat is going to be turned up. So when when you get to the trumpets, it's going to get more severe. So watch what happens when you get to these trumpets. Let's blow the first one. They're all in your notes. Let's blow the first one and see what he does. Blow the first one. Here we go. The first one's blown. What's going to happen, everybody? You see in your sermon notes, hail, fire, and blood hurled down on earth. One-third of the earth is burnt. Watch the text. Let's go to it. Let's go to the text. Verse 7. The first sounded and here came hail and fire mixed with blood. And they were thrown on earth. And a third of the earth was burnt up. And a third of the trees were burnt up. And all the green grass was burnt up. He's just turning the dial. You're going to confess Jesus as Lord. It's only a matter of time. And this ain't you ain't seen none yet today. Let's go to the second one. Watch what happens in the second one. A burning mountain, bloods, blood is, uh, and destroys one third of the sea and its creatures and its ships. Watch the text. Pull it up for me. A second angel sounded. Your turn. Second angel sounded, and while the angel is sounding, something like a great mountain, burning with fire, was thrown into the seas, and a third of the sea became blood. I want you to watch what trees are gone. No. You, 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 you have your little fancy, little beachfront property, and now all you see in it is blood everywhere. It's so all you see, blood, and, and, and some, of the, some of the creatures from it are dying, that's all you see, but why? Because he's turning the heat up, because they're not recognizing him as God. He has to deal with this, but you ain't seen none yet. What's the third one? It comes up, blow that horn again. A star called Wormwood turns a third of the fresh water into bitter, And many people die. You see what's happening? So now the water turns bitter. And all your drinking water, when you go to drink it, it's bitter. You can't drink it. And if you do, you die. What's he doing? He's turning the now up, slowly but surely. Now, Now, brothers and sisters, be careful because you might think, why don't they just turn and just say, God, please forgive me. Why? For the same reason you and I don't because he's been asking you for a minute to stop doing some nonsense you're doing, but you still don't wanna listen to him. To which you say, no pastor, not me. So let me remind you, come here, come here, come here. Everything that happens in this this two chapters happened to another stubborn person like me and you. His name, Pharaoh. Passage, Exodus chapter seven through 11. Same thing. Let's watch what Pharaoh did. It's on the other side of your paper. Let me give you the first three that he did. Pharaoh decided that he was going to be stubborn, just the first three. And you remember when Aaron's staff swallowed up their staff? Pharaoh says, I don't care. I'm not following God. Isn't that like some of us? We're so stubborn. We say, God, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not going to bow to you. I'm not going to give up all this stuff that I have. I'm going to do my own thing. That's why God's been saying to you for a long time, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. And you're still cussing. Watch your mouth. And you say, well, God understands who I am. I didn't, I'm not going to change overnight. God says, no, no, I need you to change. And what, how are you going to come to church on Sunday talking about, yeah, God. And then in the parking lot, cuss somebody out. He, he said, well, what, what is that? What is that? When are you going to recognize who I am and realize that I'm not just in the church house, I'm actually in you in the form of the Holy Ghost. So if you use that kind of language or if you cuss somebody out or if you demean somebody or if you, or, if you, or if you give them a finger or two. Some of you are still in the finger giving business. Then you're being stubborn. He's trying, to, he's trying to adjust, but you don't want to. Here's another one. Um, a lack of concern for spiritual things. Uh, Pharaoh, again, God turned water into blood, just like the sea you just saw. And all of a sudden, he turn, Pharaoh says, yeah, but uh, his, his, um, his, uh, his man says, oh, my gosh, this is dangerous. And Pharaoh says, I don't care. I don't care. Some of you do the same thing. Some of you right now are on your cell phone looking at reels. A lack of concern for spiritual things. Uh-huh. Some, of you, some, of you, some of you come to church, and when you come to church and you look over and see who preaching, if you don't like the preacher, all of a sudden you be like, Oh my God, I'm leaving church. I can't believe that I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear her. I, God wants to give you water, and you're analyzing the vessel He want to give you through. lack of concern you have zero concern for spiritual things you come to church and before you come to church you look in the mirror looking to see and guaranteeing a second look so it's tighter than it needs to be because what you came to church for is to get a second look so you come to worship but then when you're going out you try to get a second look I'm not asking anybody to stand up if that's you. I'm just sharing. The third one is the same. We do the same thing. We're stubborn. So now we return to sin once things starts to get better. That's what he did. He says, Oh my God, frogs everywhere. Frogs in my pants. Frogs in my shirt. Frogs in my bathroom. I go to use the bathroom and a frog jumps up. Everywhere a frog is. And he says, God, please, please, please. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, I'll let you people go. As soon as he as soon as God started pulling the frogs back, then he went right back to the foolishness. Quit tripping like we don't do it. You you you've done this before. You see a police car behind you, and books are and you be like, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of and by the one who went to Calvary. If you let this car go beside, go be go th- past me and get the person in front of me. God, I'll praise you for the rest of your day. What kind of prayer is that? get the person in front of me, God. Get up. <laughs> but yet still we do it all the time. Trying to figure out, God, come on, let's go. Listen. 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 Here's what some of y'all do. Come, here, come, here, come, come. Here. You remember when you were in college? Ladies, this is for you. Remember when in co- the dudes did it too, but they were praying too. But but you 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 had anyways. You remember ladies what happened? You remember what happened? <laughs> Once I say college, some of you be like, oh, God. <laughs> Y'all remember what happened in college? Something came late and you be like, oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. In the name of okay, God, I'm going fast. I'm going fast and I'm going to pray every day. Just make it be a day late, God, or two days late, God. But in the name of Jesus, no, God, not today. Not this semester, God. My mama gonna kill me. The funding gonna dry up. Good God Almighty God, I'm fasting every day until until you let it flow, God. In the name of Jesus, I'm done. I'm done. Let's move on. Let's move on. I'm done. I'm sorry. And then as soon as soon as soon as it flowed, then all of a sudden, that was on Monday. Friday night show up. A a a a. Walking in the club like a, 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 a. Didn't you just tell God on Monday? So don't make it look like these guys are so foreign. And what are they doing? Cause we do the exact same thing. Let's go to the next three. Watch what happens next. Turn your page back over. The next one is, a star called Wormwood. we did that. A third of the sun, the moon, and star became dark. What's the fourth one? A star falls from the earth and opens the abyss and releases locusts like scorpions who torture the unsaved for five months. Listen, they want to die and they can't die. They're hurting and, 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 and it's so painful. They say, kill me now. And they can't die. Because demons have been released on the earth. And now you're feeling pain like you've never felt before. It gets worse than that. Watch number six. An army, a brutal army led by four angels, kills one third of mankind. And if you you add them up from, from Revelation 1 until now, a half of the earth is now gone, killed, dead. Because they won't turn. Because they stay stubborn. But don't make it look like you and I are not going through the same thing with our own stubbornness. Turn the page back over. Let's look at another three for you and I. Ignore the testimony of others. You've seen this before. Somebody trusts Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and you still harden in your heart. We'll bring somebody up here and they start talking about how I, did, I didn't have a whole lot, but I still gave, and look at what the Lord has done, and you still think it's your money and not God's. And you still say, I don't care. I'm not tithing to no man. Who am I? You're not tithing to a man. You're tithing to God. It's not about the man. It's about what God's, who owns what you got. You are God. That's what it's about. You see somebody come up here and talk about how they used to be having troubles in marriage, but they worked it out, and now they're together again, and God is working it out. And you say, well, I just can't stand her. I'm not dealing with it. I don't care. I know you come up with some, 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 some foolish reason. I'm not happy anymore. And then all you know is pride that's killing you now. Pride. Well, hey, man, what, what, what's up? Why, why y'all getting a divorce? Man, she just don't make me happy no more. And then you throw God in there. And you know God, I mean, he loves me so much. He just wants me happy all the time. And then, yeah, God, God has just released me. Oh, did he? Did he really release you or you released yourself? Preach, Pastor. Say it, Pastor. That's because God gives us the, 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 two, the only two options for divorce. And yet still, if you just can't take it no more, you be like, I'm out. And you think God is trying to help you. And he says, no, no. If my own son had to suffer, is a little suffering for the sake of your family, for the sake of them kids, for the sake of fighting for your marriage that much? And he's saying, you're going let your pride let you do this? Just change your friends, because if all your friends getting divorced, then you're going to get divorced too. Get around some people who fighting for their marriages and then fight too. Preach, Pastor. Say it. Don't stop. Say it. Somebody came down to me after the first service and said, Pastor, listen, I need you to preach this like it's your last sermon. I need you to let them have it. I say, you got issues. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Come on, let's go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. Turn it back over. Uh, you see this one here? You all know we do this. Acknowledge sin and make a deal with God. You usually do this for your kids. Something happened to you? And like, Lord, please don't get to don't spare my kids from this, Lord, spare my kids. And you're trying to make a deal with God. And I promise God I'm stop, but you gotta make sure they stay protected from my kids. And then all of a sudden, your kids be fine, and you go right back. Because we do it all the time. Watch the last one. We do this all the time. Watch the last one. The last one is ooh, partial obedience and threatening godly counsel. You ever go to a counselor? Counselor trying to help you through. And they tell you what to do, but you don't want to do it. And you say, I don't care what the counselor say. I don't care what no pastor say. I don't care what no small group leader say. I'm gonna do what I do because what I do make me feel good and I don't care. That's it. That's it. Don't scoff. At these men and women in the tribulation. Because believers today are doing the same thing. You know what a hard heartedness is? Overexposure and under response to God. That's what happens when you get a hard heart. Overexposure. You get a lot of word. But you ain't applying the word you're getting. I tell people this all that time. That's why some of you need to turn off some of, the, some of the podcasts and some of the stuff you listen to. You're getting too much word and you're not doing nothing with it. You're talking about, yeah, ooh, the feet, ooh, so ooh, ooh, And then what, what did you learn? Um, um, uh, it just made me feel good. So all they got to do now is make you feel good? All they got to do is make you feel good? Ain't nothing to walk away with? Ain't nothing to have a changed heart with? And then when you know the word and they tell you to do it, it's like, next week. But that's what church has become. A place where we come feel good, so we go back out here. You know how I know? Because oftentimes you get a word in here, and you go out there, and a parking lot attendant tell you, wait, and I ain't waiting, I don't wait too long, I don't care about you, and you give him a finger. Not this one. This happened all the time. And I'm like, did they just come on to church? Yeah, but, but here's what happened you hear the word, but your heart still hardened. Don't, don't make these people look like they're the only ones. We do the same thing. God's trying to break through. Let's finish it up. Come on. So now a third of the whole world is gone. The kingdom of God. Watch this now. The kingdom of the, kingdom of the world becomes the kingdom of heaven. God's temple opens and reveals the ark of his covenant. Ladies and gentlemen, you notice how bad it's getting? You notice how he's turning it up. So my question for you today is this. All they have to do is choose protection. After every one of them trumpets gets blown, all they got to do is to come under the protective care of God and respond to the witnesses. But they won't do it. All you have to do is surrender and say, God, not my will, but that will be done. But what do you do instead? You keep the same thing going on. Some of you have some relationships you need to cut off today. But you're not going to cut it off. The only way it'll stop is if you cut it off. But you won't cut it off. You know why? Because you're eating the placebo. And you think it's finding you comfort. But it won't. That's why. So you need to cut it off. And and you're going to go back and do the exact same thing you've done every single Sunday. And you're not going to do it. I'm preaching today, ain't I? I'm preaching. It's a sad passage, but it's the truth in the name of Jesus. So some of y'all need to respond to God today. Because he's telling you today's the day, not tomorrow, today. And you need to make a decision about something he's talking to you about personally. He's talking to you right now, right now. His still small voice. He's saying, "You know, it's your season. It's time. I love you know. I love you. You know I care. But, but it's time. I've been talking to you this for ten years, and it's the same thing. It's time you get well. It's time you get healed. It's time you cut it off. It's time." You do the right thing that you know I've called you to do. It's time for you to put the bottle down. It's time for you to put it down. It's time. It's time for you to give up and give. It's time for you to humble yourself and be submitted to God. It's time for you to say to yourself, self, God's called me and I've been running because I didn't know how to afford it. But he's called you to a work that you need to go. He's told you you need to stay on your job, but you want to leave. He's told you you need to leave, but you want to stay. He's talking to you. And he's saying, will you trust me? are you going to be like the people in the time of the tribulation? And say, no, I still want to do it my way. Heavenly Father, will you speak to your people today? Will you soften all our hearts up? so we can hear from you we will not make this just another word where we say yep good job I heard about man it was a good word you need to go to church but this one's for us it's not for my mother not my brother not my sister this one's for me this one's for you speak to your people god as we seek to simply honor you with our lives thanks for the many chances you've given us speak to our hearts only you can speak to every heart right now make it clear in all our minds what you want to do and what you want us to do just one thing make it clear in your son's name we pray everybody said amen I don't want anybody to leave now please have a concern for spiritual things if you're here today and you're not a Christian in a moment I'm gonna let some people out when I do I want you to fight against the crowd and come down that's very intentional Number two, if you're here today and you've wandered away from God, I want you to come and I want you to allow these men and women and myself and Pastor Z to pray for you. We'll stay here as long as we need to because it's that significant for us. If you're here today and you've been uh, apart from a church home, God's saying, come on back home, come on. I I created this environment just for you. He said, when everybody else is going out through that door, that door, that door, that door, I want you to come on down. If you need to sit for a little while, ask him to clear your mind and then come after more people have left and do that. If you're here today, I don't want you to just go out today. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, I need you to respond. Father, be with your people. Lead them. Guide them. May your favor be upon them. Will you grant them peace and will you grant each of us stability? Help us to reject the placebo and help us to reject fear. So that we might be faithful and not compromise in the midst of trials. Release us now to be witnesses everywhere we go because the days are shorter. Your return is sooner than it was yesterday. So help us to live, not for next week, not for next year, but help us to live like today's our last. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said.